Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to episode 68 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This time we have the audition of one of the zaniest sitcoms on radio. It's My Friend Irma, co-starring Marie Wilson and Kathy Lewis. This was a recording for a proposed weekly half-hour comedy series featuring the quirky lives of two working women who shared an apartment in New York. One was apparently quite normal, while the other was severely on the ditzy side. Ah, that's being kind, Carl. Marie Wilson played the role of Irma Peterson, the ditzy blonde. Kathy Lewis was her roommate, Jane Stacy, who had the patience of a saint. My friend Irma was the brainchild of CBS producer-director Cy Howard. We played the audition of one of his other successful radio comedies on this podcast almost a year ago, The Little Immigrant, which became Life with Luigi. That was podcast number 21. If you haven't listened to it yet, check it out. When it was time to record the audition of My Friend Irma, Cy Howard had been developing his new creation for about nine months. He called upon his prior experiences in comedy from his time writing plays as a student during the 1930s at the University of Wisconsin. And in Houston, Texas, where he was involved with a theater group. He also worked at a local radio station, KTRH. For the fall season of 1943, he joined the Jack Benny writing team of George Balzer, John Tackerberry, and Milt Josephsburg. But Howard ended up leaving that post to perform in a new Maxwell Anderson play on Broadway, Storm Operation. Which, unfortunately, was a big flop, closing after just three weeks. In January of 1946, Cy Howard was hired at CBS to join its newly created comedy unit. Where he not only produced and directed Kiss and Make Up, which starred Milton Berle, but also wrote the scripts. And during this time, he continued his development of My Friend Irma. To fill the roles of the two leading ladies, he chose Marie Wilson and Kathy Lewis. Wilson's career began in motion pictures. Her first role was an uncredited passenger in the 1934 release Down to Their Last Yacht. She was then cast in various motion pictures, including the musical Babes in Toyland, the screwball comedy Boy Meets Girl, and the detective thriller Satan Met a Lady, a loose adaptation of the Maltese Falcon. But prior to her leading role in My Friend Irma, she appeared in relatively few radio shows. She did perform with Orson Welles in an episode of his Campbell Playhouse series. And also in the Columbia Workshop. However, leading up to the My Friend Irma audition, she was the top draw of Ken Murray's Blackouts, one of the longest-running variety reviews to ever perform on stage, which began in 1942. Wilson's work contrasted with that of Kathy Lewis, who was one of radio's finest actresses, having appeared in numerous top-flight radio shows, including Suspense, The Whistler, and Lux Radio Theater. She also co-starred with Wally Mayer 
in the adventures of Michael Shane, private detective. Having signed these two talented actresses, Cy Howard was ready to take my friend Irma to the next step. Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy Marie Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the audition of My Friend Irma, as recorded at the CBS Studios in Hollywood, November 11, 1946. If you're ever in a jam Here I am If you're ever in a mess Just S.O.S. If you ever lost your teeth and you're out to die Borrow mine It's friendship, friendship Just a perfect blendship When other friendships have been forgotten Theirs will still be hot La, 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 sing about. They can sing about it maybe because they haven't any friends. But I'm singing the blues about it because I got a friend. My friend Irma. The Columbia Broadcasting System presents a new comedy show, My Friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship is a thing that's been around all through the ages. Like measles. That's how it's been with my friend Irma. I love that girl. Most people do. It's just that Mother Nature gave some girls brains, intelligence, wit, cleverness. But with Irma, well, Mother Nature slipped her a Mickey. (laughs) Gee, you know, I'll never forget the first time I met her. I was walking along looking for a place to live in New York, and by a strange coincidence, I am having a very tough time. And I keep bumping into people, and I keep saying I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, please. Excuse me until I... Oh! Oh, excuse me. I just never look where I'm going. I just keep walking with my head held high, just like the doctor told me, and taking deep breaths, inhaling and exhaling like this... And keep counting to myself, one, two, three, Look, honey, will you stop counting long enough to help me up? Oh, of course, you must be very uncomfortable on your knees. Oh, no, no, not at all. I love it down here, if I was Al Jolson. (laughs) Did you see that picture, the Jolson story? I just loved it. I just cried and cried. Fine, fine. Now, would you please help me up? Oh, certainly. Here, give me your hand. Oh, thanks. Oh, my, what a lovely ring. Uh, You know, my boyfriend, Al, was going to give me one just like that. We had it all picked out on. You know what happened? It wouldn't fit your nose. (laughs) It wasn't for my nose. It was for my finger. It wouldn't have fit my nose. I wish it had. I could have pulled myself up. (laughs) Oh, you want to get up, don't you? If you please. I can't make much time crawling. I can't either. I always walk. Well, here we go. Upsy-daisy. Oh, careful with that dress. We ripped it, didn't we? Yes, yes, we did. But you know something? They're wearing split skirts in New York this year. Yeah, sure, but not all the way up to the neck. No, it's too bad they're not wearing split heads. I say, we haven't been introduced yet. My name's Irma. What's yours? Goodbye. What an unusual name. What's your last name? Forever. That's pretty. Oh, Irma. That's when I should have run But I didn't 
Instead, I moved in with her in that one-room furnished freight elevator she called home. Uh, Jane, the telephone's ringing. Jane, the telephone's ringing. Aren't you going to answer? I don't know if it's for me. <laughs> well, take a chance. It's not your nickel. Hello? Yes, she's here. Jane, it's for me. Irma. You know, if Marconi knew you were going to use the telephone, he never would have invented it. Jane, I'm surprised at you. Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, not Marconi. You see? I'm beginning to think like you. Gosh, everybody knows that Marconi invented spaghetti. Irma, the telephone. Oh, hello? Al! Jane, it's Al. Well, what are you waiting for? Run down to the police station with the bail. <laughs> now, don't be silly. He's not in jail. Hello, Al? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Irma, you're the only girl I know that talks on the telephone in Morse code. <laughs> okay. Okay, Al. Goodbye. Jane, Al's coming over. Oh, honey, why do you have to spoil our Sunday by having that no-good, broken-down, phony windbag over? Jane? Yes? What's your opinion of Al? <laughs> I like him. I like him. I think he's a live wire, and it's just a matter of time before they hook him up and put a chair under him. <laughs> Jane, Al's a gentleman. Why, last night he took me to the movies and afterwards we had a soda and before he said goodnight he returned what was left of my two dollars. <laughs> Al has a good heart. If he has, he stole it. Jane, please don't pick on Al. He's just as good as your Richard Rhinelander III. was my blood pressure rising. She would mention his name. You see, Richard Rhinelander III is my boss, and I'm his private secretary. I'm in love with him, but I have no chance to marry him because he's Richard Rhinelander III, and I'm Jane Stacy I. <laughs> I've tried everything. I told him I lived in a very intellectual atmosphere and that my roommate is a promising young novelist. Oh, Stacy, you fool, you. If he ever finds out how you live and what a mental midget Irma really is, you've just got to end up stone-cold dead in the market. Gee, gee, I'd love to marry him. Irma! Irma, wouldn't it be wonderful if I wound up being Mrs. Richard Rhinelander III? The third? What good is that if he has two other wives? I won't even stop to answer that one. Gee, I couldn't marry a wealthy man and go out to the opera. I don't know a thing about Shakespeare. <laughs> Honey, with five million dollars, all you got to know about Shakespeare is that he's dead and you're alive. <laughs> oh, well, let's forget Mr. Rhinelander. I'll never marry him because, well, there's the difference in family. His ancestors were Mayflower people. Gee, they made all that money out of donuts? <laughs> Irma, if you say another word, I'll scream. Well, if you do, you'll wake up Professor Kropotkin, the violinist downstairs, and he needs sleep. <sighs> Irma, I I'm going in and take a bath. Uh, Jane, honey, don't use all the hot water. This is the day we wash the dishes. <laughs> Hello? 
Who did you want to talk to? Jane? Who's this? Oh, Mr. Richard Rhinelander. Well, Jane's busy. Uh, do you want to hang on for about 20 minutes? <laughs> uh, yes, this is Irma, her roommate. How's my book? Oh, I finished it and I'm starting another. Hard on me. No, you know those giant comics are mostly pictures. <laughs> oh, I I'd like to meet you too, Mr. Rhinelander. Say, I've got an idea. Why don't you dash over for dinner tonight, huh? I oh, it's no bother. Oh, we'd love to have you. And by the way, if it's not inconvenient, bring some donuts. <laughs> uh, remember, see you at 7.30 and don't bother to dress. It's strictly au gratin. <laughs> Now, who could that be? Come in. Hiya, chicken. How are you? Hello, Al, honey. Gee, I'm glad you came over. Didn't think I could make it. Took time off from three deals that were just simmering, dying to burst into flame. Stuff like stucco bathtubs, scratch while you bathe. <laughs> Tremendous projects. Oh, well, Al, what happened? Nothing. But there was a lot of action, a lot of action. Oh, Al, you're always talking business. Come over here a minute, honey, and look in my eyes. What do you see? Murine. Now, there's another great moneymaker. <laughs> Wish I thought of that. Al, you're just so full of business. Gotta be. Gotta have a lot of action. Well, here we are. Start acting. Gotta leave, kid. Got a big deal brewing. Gee, Al, if we had money, you and I could settle down on a little ranch. I can see it now, the egg and Irma. <laughs> Hiya, Jamie. What's the good word? Jane, Al's got a big deal on. And what a deal. I just happened to line up no less than $100,000 worth of surplus army goods. Gee, Al, what kind of surplus are you going to sell? Rip cords. <laughs> Rip cords? Oh, this is a big deal. I got a pajama manufacturer lined up to take the whole lot of them. <laughs> I even got an advertising gimmick with these ripcords. Listen to this. You get up in the morning and bail out of your pajamas. <laughs> you like it? I don't know how I ever lived this long without it. Yeah, that ain't all. This is a big, big promotion. You take a two-page ad in life showing a picture of a beautiful girl ready to retire. And underneath the caption... Hit the silk. A yig. <laughs> yeah, how'd you know? It figures. I think it's wonderful. Well, gotta go. A lot of things popping. You know, Jane, I'll work so hard, but I just know that someday I'll have a lot of money. Even if he has to print it himself. <laughs> Don't you worry. Don't listen to her, kid. Stick with me. Someday when one of these actions pans out and I'm on top. Someday when the chips are in. Good night, he... Stella Dallas. <laughs> Irma, can I see you in private for a few seconds? Sure You know, chicken, I'm in action Al, it... I can't lend you any more money Irma, what are you doing with your money? Spending it on yourself? <laughs> well, you know I wouldn't be foolish enough to do that I, It's just that I'm throwing a dinner party tonight Dinner party? Yes, I've invited Jane's boss over. Uh, you know, the millionaire Richard Rylander III? Huh? And she's crazy about him, and I thought an intimate gathering would bring them together. Hey, you know, Irma, if a guy like me, with my ideas, met a guy like him with his dough, there'd be a lot of action. Well, then by all means, come over tonight, Al, and bring your ideas. Baby, I'll be here. I wouldn't miss it tonight for a warehouse full of furs guarded by a deaf watchman. Irma, has that crumb... Uh, oh. Just leaving now. So long, ladies. See you later. 
Honey, be careful going home. There's a crime wave on. Yes, Al. Keep your hat turned down. You don't want to get picked up. <laughs> you fracture me. So long, chicken. See you later. Jane, isn't he cute? You know, honey, you ought to get wise and forget about Al. Well, I... Jane, I've got a surprise for you. Uh, you know who's coming over for dinner tonight? Richard Rhinelander III. Oh, wonderful. And I'm Margaret O'Brien by a former marriage daddy canter. <laughs> Come in. Oh, Jane, it's Professor Kropotkin. Come in, Professor. Hi, Professor. Jane, isn't it cute the way Professor Kropotkin only talks through his violin? Yeah. Take your hat off, Professor, or are you going someplace? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. We can't go with you. Would you change your mind, go to the fights tomorrow night? Uh, Professor, did you get your new car yet? Oh, I see, yeah. Still taking the trolley, huh? Gee, Professor, I think you play the violin wonderfully. Uh, have you ever thought of going on the radio? <laughs> Gee, I think he plays much better than the great Gildersleeve. <laughs> What's the hurry, Professor? Do you have to rush away? Oh, Christmas shopping, huh? Well, so long, Professor. <laughs> Isn't he a wonderful man? Yeah, he certainly is. But I still can't get used to shaking hands with his bow. <laughs> Irma, honey, how'd you like to see a movie tonight? Oh, I can't make it, Jane. I told you, we're having a guest for dinner. Who? Richard Rhinelander III. Oh, well, that's fine. Richard Rhinelander III. Irma, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer yes or no. Did you invite my boss to come to our apartment for dinner tonight? Yes. Oh, Irma, how could you? Well, it was very simple. He called up and asked to talk to you, and you were busy, so I invited him. Oh, no, no. Th this is all a dream. And after dinner, Al's going to drop over, and maybe we can persuade Professor Kropotkin to come up. No, this is a nightmare. <laughs> Give me that phone. Maybe it's not too late to stop him. Hello? Hello, is Mr. Rhinelander there? He's not? Could you please tell me where he went? Oh, he left to go to a dinner party at a Miss Jane Stacy's. Thank you. Jane! Jane, what are you doing? Nothing. Just writing a suicide note. <laughs> You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co 
co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 Classic Radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now, back to Radio Rarities. Well, Richard Rhinelander III is coming to dinner. And now I am really trapped, because I told him that I lived in an artistic neighborhood and that my roommate was a budding novelist. How could I justify having him sit around with that scintillating trio of conversationalists, Irma, Al, and Kropotkin? <laughs> Rhinelander is expecting an evening based on table talk a la information, please. What he's going to get is people are funny or it pays to be ignorant. <laughs> well, anyway... Finally, 7.30 rolled around. The bottle of martinis is catching a chill in the icebox, and I'm running fever in the living room. Well, Rhinelander would be arriving at any minute, and Irma wasn't ready. Uh, Irma, it's 7.30. Oh, thanks for reminding me. I gotta tune in on the Easy Aces. <laughs> Irma, aren't you giving a dinner party tonight? Yes, I'm just getting into my dress. How do you like it? Don't you think you ought to get a little further into it? <laughs> Al likes this dress. Al would. <laughs> but Rhinelander wouldn't. Now, come on. Come on. You've got just time to waltz this broom around a couple of times. Come on. Okay. Irma, no. No. Don't, don't sweep the dirt under the rug. No. The man downstairs has been complaining. Complaining? Yeah, yeah. You know, that hole in the floor. <laughs> Jane, I have a wonderful idea. Why don't we take the rug off and then with a hole in the ceiling we'll have cross ventilation? <laughs> oh, Irma, listen, I'm so nervous. Oh, don't worry, I'll handle everything. Haven't you any confidence in me? Oh, well, certainly I have, honey, but I think I'll take my bicarbonate before dinner. Now look, Irma, let's let's not be nervous, huh? No, let's let's just take it easy, you see. First we serve the martinis, and then... I don't have to drink a martini, do I, Jane? What's that got to do with it? I'd rather have milk. Well, how can you drink milk when we're drinking martinis? Well, I know. I'll drink milk, but I'll put an olive in it. (laughs) 
Irma. No, no, he's here. He's here. Now listen to me, Irma. I'm not worried. Not a bit. I got confidence in you. I, I know you'll do everything right because if you don't, I think I'll kill myself and then you. <laughs> you ready? You ready, okay? Irma, put the broom away. Come in. Hello. Does Jane Stacy live here? I... Oh, good evening, Jane. I didn't recognize you for a moment. <laughs> That's because you didn't take the curlers out of her hair. <laughs> How silly of me. Uh, come in. Uh, come in, Mr. Rhinelander. Uh, may I present my roommate, Irma? Ah, how do you do? Hello, Irma. Would you mind taking Mr. Rhinelander's hat? I can't. Why not? His head is still in it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Here it is. Irma, now that you have Mr. Rhinelander's hat, would you mind taking broom away from him? Oh. <laughs> Irma, now that you have the broom, would you mind taking Mr. Rhinelander's hat away from him? Oh. Well, won't you sit down, Mr. Rhinelander? Oh, thank you, Jane, but you don't have to stand on formality. My friends always call me Richard. Oh, thank you. Cigarette, Richard? Thank you. Uh, match, Richard? Thank you. Ashtray, Richard? Thank you. A cigarette, Irma? Thank you. A match? Thank you. Ashtray, Irma? No, thank you. I don't smoke. <laughs> Oh, you writers are all alike, witty and eccentric. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I knew you'd like Irma's wit. It's so, uh, so natural. <laughs> yes, I noticed. My, what a charming apartment you have here. And when will the remodeling be finished? Remodeling? <laughs> remodeling, this is it. <laughs> yes, yes, it's small, but, uh... Our neighbors are so interesting. Uh, artists, writers, musicians. For instance, uh, there's a very famous violinist who lives downstairs. He's uh, Professor Kropotkin. Kropotkin? Kropotkin. Uh... Yeah, he plays in the Paradise Burlesque. Have you ever been there? <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't think so. Oh, it doesn't matter. You wouldn't have seen him anyway because he plays the violin under the runway. <laughs> yes. Yes, a lot of our neighbors are eccentric, but they're all artistic. I know what you mean. A charming environment. Yes. You know, it's hot in here. I think I'll open the window. Hey, Mrs. Flanagan, did you hear the news about Johnny O'Toole downstairs? Last night he came home roaring drunk, staggering up the stairs. <laughs> Shall we go into dinner? If I live to be the oldest woman in the United States and Canada, I'll never forget that dinner. It started off with Irma taking from the right and serving from the left. She also did a little dropping in the middle. <laughs> Mr. Rhinelander, Mr. Rhinelander looked very fetching wearing a hamburger over his right eye. <laughs> then we got to the dessert. And it seems Irma had put the dessert in the wrong tray in the icebox. The first time I'd ever tasted cauliflower sherbet. <laughs> 
much for the food. The conversation was a monster in its own right. <laughs> Richard said... Um, uh, fortunately, I've been able to travel considerably. Uh, Irma, do you like to travel? And Irma said... Oh, yes, it's really the only way to get any place. <laughs> was over and we decided to have our coffee in the living room. Well, Jane, that was an excellent dinner. Wonderful food. Uh -huh. Oh, that's nothing unusual. We always have food for dinner. <laughs> Irma, you have a priceless wit. I can only agree with you half of the way. <laughs> you know, Mr. Rhinelander, I envy Jane working for you. Oh, yes, the investment business can be exciting, but I wish I had more time for sports. You do love sports, don't you, Richard? Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I've been able to find some time for squash and badminton at the athletic club. Oh. Personally, I love golf. It's such an exciting game, and yet it's so simple. Yes, but tennis has a dash of that same excitement. Uh, I swim, ride horseback, play tennis, bowl, and shoot pool. <laughs> Irma, do you really do all those things? No, but I have to keep up my end of the conversation. <laughs> More, uh, more coffee, Richard? Uh, no, thank you. Oh, I think you're wise. Coffee does keep one awake. Yes, coffee does have that effect on me. Uh, how about you, Irma? They got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. <laughs> Irma, we know you're in the conversation, dear. Just take it easy. Well, okay, then. I think I'll open the window. No, Irma, don't. The window, no. In the next night, Johnny O'Toole comes home again. chilly out tonight, isn't it? Isn't it, Richard? Come in. Oh, hello, Professor Kropotkin. I'd like you to meet Richard Rhinelander III, Jane's boss. How do you do, Professor? I, uh, beg your pardon? Oh, you see, Richard, Professor Kropotkin believes that music is the soul of expression. So much more eloquent than speech. Amazing, amazing. Oh, he's a wonderful man. However, his wife didn't understand him, and recently they were divorced, and now he's free again. Uh, isn't that right, Professor? I, uh, I can't get over that man. A very unusual talent. Just think, expressing himself through the violin. Well, let's get down to business. When are you two going to get married? <laughs> Irma, how could you? Richard, I I really don't know what to say. Oh, uh, I... Irma, I, I'm very fond of Jane, but uh, of course there's my father. Your father? Let him get his own girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, Irma. Come in. Hi, folks. What a surprise. <laughs> Look, Jane, it's out. The next sound you hear is Jane Stacy blowing her brains out. <laughs> Al, I'd like you to meet Richard Rhinelander III. Uh, Richard, this is my boyfriend, Al. Uh, how do you do? Hiya, Rich. Heard a lot about you. Uh, Al, you know Professor Kropotkin. Why, sure. Hiya, Professor. <laughs> Why must that guy always give me an eight-bar hello? <laughs> I bet his mother was scared by Rubinoff. Ha! you care to go to a movie or something? Oh, no sense in breaking up the party. Let's sit around and chew the fat. Rich, 
What's new on the street? The, uh, street? Yeah, you know, on the exchange. A lot of action these days. Well, cotton was a little slow this past week. Uh-huh, knew it. What about steel? It's a little old. I knew it. Richard, you can see for yourself the handwriting's on the wall. Really? Yeah, but it's not too late. You gotta get out of Wall Street. I do? Absolutely. Well, sure, you could plug along, make it a million here, a million there, but have you got security? <laughs> well, uh, Al, you see... Yeah, but uh... don't let it bother you, because there's a place for you in my organization. Uh, Richard, let's go to a movie. No, Jane, let him talk. The whole thing may develop into a merger. Merger? You're right, Irma. Rich, I'm going to make a big man out of you. How would you like to team up with me? Well, I, uh... Well, it's hard to make a decision like this at a moment's notice. Now, listen to me, Rich. Here's the plan. We've a chance to corner the market on surplus ripcords. <laughs> I can see it now. Al Industries Limited, featuring Richard Rhinelander III. We'll go out the open market, buy short, sell long. Buy going just like I planned. The boys are in there getting along beautifully. Mm, beautifully. Richard reaches for his wallet. He'll shake hands with Al. <laughs> now, Jane. Oh, now listen to me, Irma. You've ruined me. I should never have moved in with you. But Jane, don't I... but Jane me. But I thought I that... don't care what you thought. You've ruined everything. Imagine his coming from his mansion on Park Avenue to this dump and meeting all these crazy people. And now to top it off, your boyfriend Al wants to make a partner out of him in a mythical business. But, Jane, Al's only trying to fix it so that he has security. <laughs> Irma. <laughs> Irma, listen to me. I've got news for you. Richard Rhinelander III has five million dollars he hasn't even counted yet. Well, now that I'm ruined, I'm going back in there, apologize, quit my job, and spend the night at the YWCA. But, Jane... Another thing. The next time we meet on the street, I only want you to say one thing. Goodbye. Will General Motors go for it? Why, Richard, their tongues are hanging out for ripcords. Yeah, well, Al, I... Richard, uh... I mean, Mr. Rhinelander, I, I just can't tell you how sorry I am. Well, sorry about what? Oh, well, bringing you down here and having you meet people like Al and Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you shut up, you rimsy Korsakoff. Well, Jane, you've nothing to be sorry about. I'm delighted. As a matter of fact, I was about to tell you how grateful I am for this wonderful evening and this opportunity to meet Al. Oh, thank you for that vote of confidence. We're going to have plenty of action together. Gee, I'm so happy for you, Mr. Rhinelander. Now you can have security. <laughs> Richard, I, I don't know what to say. Oh, don't say anything. Well, I've got to run along now. I want to talk this whole deal over with Father. Goodbye, Irma. Goodbye, Jane. And thanks again for a wonderful evening. And Al, old man, I'll see you in the morning. We're going to have plenty of action. Plenty of action. I'll be there, partner. Well, I got to run now. Where are you going, honey? Where am I going? Now I got to see where I can get hold of some ripcord. <laughs> you see, Jane, how silly you were to worry? You've got to remember that all's well that ends well in the silver cloud. Oh, sister. I'm going to bed, Irma. Irma. Yes? Where are my pajamas? <laughs> See, I forgot to tell you. 
forgot to tell me what. I gave them to Al for exploitation purposes. Oh. <laughs> my friend Irma. <laughs> Will Al get the ripcords? Will Richard Rhinelander's father okay the deal? Will Jane marry Richard? Will Irma louse up the works? We'll know next week at this same time when Columbia once again invites you to listen to My Friend Irma. Marie Wilson was starred as Irma, and Kathy Lewis is Jane. My friend Irma was created and produced by Cy Howard. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, Carl, if I were Jane Stacy in this show, I would have strangled Irma. But in the end, Lisa, everything worked out. As it usually did on radio. Along with berating Irma, Jane also had a fine time insulting her sly boyfriend, Al, who was played by John Brown. In one of the most obnoxious roles I've ever heard him in radio. We know him as both neighbor Jim Gillis and undertaker Digby O'Dell from The Life of Riley. And Mr. Foster, Judy's dad, on a date with Judy. Brown had also worked extensively with both Fred Allen and Jack Benny. He would later play Broadway on the Damon Runyon Theater. Jane's boss and love interest in the audition, the wealthy Mr. Richard Rhinelander III, was played by Frank Nelson. Who had also worked on The Benny Show. What I found really enjoyable in this audition, Carl, was the use of the music. The show started with the Sportsman Quartet singing the show's title theme. I think they could have been used more than just in the opening. And what was really clever, the playing of a violin and not an actor's voice to portray Professor Kropotkin. With excerpts of several popular songs played, including Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And the trolley song from the 1944 film Meet Me in St. Louis. CBS Brass were very impressed with the Howard production and sought a sponsor. The Ford Motor Company was a potential buyer during the spring of 1947, but the deal fell through. However, CBS thought so highly of the program that they scheduled it as a sustainer. My Friend Irma debuted on the network April 11th, 1947. Marie Wilson, Kathy Lewis, and John Brown all returned from the audition. Leif Erickson was now Richard Rhinelander replacing Frank Nelson. The sportsman and Lud Gluskin handled the music. Professor Kropotkin had become a speaking part with Hans Conried expertly playing the role. Alan Reed had also joined the cast as attorney Mr. Clyde, Irma's boss. The first season in that spring of 1947 was only 11 episodes, and then the program went off the air. Ah, but it soon returned with Lever Brothers as the sponsor. Some of the commercials for its swan soap were worked into the story. The program was a success, and the ratings soared. However, not all was bliss, as CBS and Howard, among others, were sued by Arthur Curlin for rights infringement regarding his work on My Sister Eileen. Curlin had submitted a proposed radio series based on that former play and movie, 
but it was turned down by CBS. He argued that my friend Irma had plagiarized his previous work. The case was resolved by all parties in an out-of-court settlement. The legalities did not hurt the program as it continued to be sponsored with Lever Brothers, switching to Pepsodent toothpaste for the fall of 1948. The following year, the first of two Irma movies, appropriately titled My Friend Irma, was released. The film was known for bringing both Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis to movie audiences for the first time. A sequel, My Friend Irma Goes West, was released in 1950. Also in that year, a newspaper comic strip was published, which was followed by several years of comic books. In January of 1952, Irma and Jane made the transition to television. The program was telecast for three years, with the radio series ending in 1954. Veteran actress Joan Banks portrayed the role of Jane Stacy for a time in 1949, while Lewis was out with an illness. Mary Ship also played Stacy from time to time as well. As a multimedia enterprise, My Friend Irma was a great success. Cy Howard had associated himself with some very talented and smart people. And at the top of that list were Marie Wilson and Kathy Lewis. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Gastella is our executive producer, and the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll present from July of 1949 the first episode of an espionage thriller, Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.